Hi again, everybody. This is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, people just doing really cool things in their space. Um, So we talk to CEOs, we talk to entrepreneurs, we talk to athletes, scientists, people from a whole bunch of different areas of life, um, and be able to kind of take that whole life approach for ourselves and maybe take away a few things that we can apply in our everyday. And I know today is going to be one of those great days as well. Um, Really excited uh, about our guest today. And just before we jump into that interview, um, a couple of quick things. One is um, this this time of of year normally, but also just because of all the things with the pandemic, all those things that uh, hopefully we're all kind of starting to come out of right now. Um, If you are a business leader, if you are a leader in general, there are probably a lot of challenges happening in your organization from a people standpoint. And and so one of our uh, sponsors is Epitome HR, and uh, they have a, a couple of things to help you with your strategy as you maybe move forward after kind of all of those challenges and into a really new environment for uh, uh, your people processes. So um, if you go to www.epitomehr.com, they have an HR assessment on there that you can take a look at and see if some of those things make sense for what you're looking for right now. Might also trigger you on a few things that that maybe you didn't even realize. So so take a look at that and and see if it uh, makes sense for you or your company. The other one is is if you're starting to figure out whether or not um, you want to maybe do some traveling and some of those things once you're able to. One of uh, one of our big supporters has been Wakefield Inn and Spa, which is actually just outside of Ottawa, and, and our guest is is in that area, so um, she probably knows where this is. But it's just outside of the um, Gatineau Forest. You can literally see it from there. It's a really quaint, cool little uh, inn and spa. So definitely check them out and go to wakefieldmill.com and see uh, if it's something that, that you'd enjoy. There's lots of really cool activities just outside their door. So um, so now that we uh, uh, have gone through all of that stuff, um, we're uh, really happy to have Shannon Ferguson. She is the CEO and co-founder of Fansaves, which we'll talk a little bit about today, but it's a sports sponsorship um, technology app and technology company. She's a fellow in the Young Leaders of America's initiative, um, which is really cool. And her company has won or been a finalist in numerous startup lists and pitch competitions all over the place. She is the host of the Living the Startup podcast. And uh, before Fan Saves, um, she spent some time as a talk show host and journalist. She has also spent time with the Federal Hockey League. And that's where I think, you know, we'll hear a little bit about that, where she kind of learned the business of sports sponsorship and and game day operations and all those fun things as well that she contributes to through her uh, technology company. So thanks very much for taking the time, Shannon. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jamie. I'm so happy to be here today. Yeah, well, uh, we're happy to have you. And you've got a real varied uh, experience already um, from what we kind of went through there. Um, but why don't, we, why don't we talk a little bit about that? Because you have really found a nice way to be able to combine some of your media and sports background into something that is a little bit different with the technology slant. So why don't you work us through a little bit of your journey to getting to fan saves? Yeah, well, I'm definitely a big believer that everything happens for a reason. And every step of the way, I often think, had that not happened, I, this wouldn't have happened, and I wouldn't have got to where I am today. So, um, you know, I went to school, I have a degree in communication studies, and then I did a postgrad in broadcast journalism. Um, and I graduated at the height of the recession, um, not the pandemic, not, not this, <laughs> not this one. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I had these big dreams of, you know, becoming a TV host and I moved to Toronto and, um, 
basically I had a big internship at a, a pretty big TV show, entertainment show that people would know. Um, and they were like, and I was like, I'm ready to get hired. And they're like, no, we're giving people pink slips that have been here for like 20 years. So um, that's not happening. So it kind of like broke me down a little bit. But from there, I ended up getting into the marketing side of things. And I ended up working at a small TV uh, production studio doing outreach and marketing for them. Um, really liked that. And then I got into, um, I started working uh, at an online sports book. And that's really where I got my start in sports marketing. I've always, you know, I grew up as a hockey player, always played a lot of sports, always been involved in sports. So it was one of, it was like a dream job for me to really manage the sports marketing for that. And um, from there, it's just like you mentioned, I ended up working in the federal, federal hockey league was one of my clients, a couple of teams managed the sales and marketing for them. And then that's how I met Chris. Uh, my co-founder, my life partner, and he and I ended up um, stumbling upon a problem in sponsorship. And that's how Fansaves was born. And, and tell us a little bit about what Fansaves is, just so, it, you know, because it is a little bit different. It's a new concept, I think, in, in that industry. Yeah, for sure. So when Chris and I were selling sponsorship, we both um, recognized the problem that business owners didn't necessarily want a rink board with a logo on it or a scoreboard ad or um, a little ad in the game day program. They were telling us that they wanted something digital. They wanted something that would drive people into their stores that would track customer demographics and actually have people spend money with them. Uh, so we didn't have anything like that. We searched all over uh, for something that existed and we realized there was a gap in the market. So we created Fansaves, it's a digital platform started as an app, but now it's a full web app, web apps, um, website, full platform. Yeah. Um, and basically people, fans can get discounts and deals from sponsors of their favorite teams, organizations. We started with just sports, but we've really gone into other verticals like chambers of commerce, schools, events, and anything that relies on sponsorship. And, uh, you know, the industry that you started this in, I, I would say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is, has been pretty traditional for a long time. And, um, uh, and both from the approach to technology and probably also the approach to kind of um, women in leadership and things like that. And, and that is, is changing. But um, how have you had to tackle that as, as you've went through and, and had to do that in both of those areas in, in a pretty traditional industry? Yeah, um, you know, there are not a lot of women in sports tech, uh, not a lot of women in tech in general or sports yeah. in general. Uh, so when you combine the two, there's even less. Um, yeah. And for me, my, you know, my story is pretty unique. When I started playing hockey at a very young age, there weren't any girls teams to play on. So I literally played with the boys. I was one of two girls on my team. And that kind of followed me growing up. Um, even when I started my career in sports marketing, I was often the only woman on my team. Um, and, you know, I kind of got used to it. And I thought that how I was treated as a woman, I thought that was normal. So I kind of just went into survival mode and kind of just, um, you know, became one of the boys, joked around with them, didn't really find my own voice. And it wasn't until it, it was actually Chris who brought it to my attention when we were you know, working for these pro hockey teams. And, you know, he noticed how the, the men were treating me differently and, mm -hmm. you know, making kind of crude comments. And I would often let these roll off my back. And Chris was like, he would call them out. He'd be like, dude, that's not right. Like, don't speak to her like that. And it kind of like 
made me so much more aware of what I've like put up with kind of for most of my life. So I've used this to really find my voice and to, you know, make sure that women are, you know, recognizing that they are leaders and we do, we are strong and we can, you know, lead a boardroom. And we, even if we are the only woman in the room, we should still be giving credit. We should still be taken seriously. Even if we have blonde hair or look young, we still know what we're talking about. Has, has that created uh, a resiliency that you think maybe, you know, you know, some people may not have had to develop that you've had to develop just to be able to get to where you are now? I definitely think so. Um, a big part of my character um, is is resilience. And I think that, you know, that bleeds into fan saves. And, you know, Chris and I are always talking about how resilient we are. And I think as a startup founder, one of the key like blocks of your foundation has to be resiliency because it's very easy to give up. It's very easy to quit. Every single day you will have the option to, to give up. And um, I think that, yeah, being resilient, I think is very undervalued. People don't think that they're resilient. They just think, oh, I'm getting through this. I'm waking up each day and I'm doing my work. They don't think, they don't take a second to think, okay, yeah, I'm tough. I got this. I, I, I've got through it. And I think um, I use the word resilient a lot more these days. And I refer to myself that way because I think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, when you're gritty and you're strong, that is a, a big part of your character. Well, and, and you mentioned how you've branched out in other areas um, with fan saves, but I, I would also know that, you know, I, I, I'm assuming probably the last little while has been very hard on, on fan saves and you had to make some of those changes because um, the normal sporting activities and everything during the pandemic didn't happen the same way. So uh, has that been a challenge and is, did that prompt kind of some different ways of, of thinking about, you know, your service and what you provide? Definitely. I mean, when it really hit us, when the NBA shut down last year in 2020, Chris and I looked at each other and we were like, oh no, this is real. And this is something. So, you know, within 10 days of that first shutdown, we actually pivoted because we knew like, we can't focus on this right now. We can't focus on our current business model, but we have to stay relevant. We have to keep our brand out there. And how can we help? Chris and I are helpers. We always are figuring out how can we give back? So within 10 days, we had taken um, an idea that one of our advisors had had created in the town um, and we expanded on it. We created this gift certificate program that could be used and was used by over 62 um, communities across Canada and over 630 businesses where we helped them. We sold gift certificates on their behalf. Um, and it was wonderful. We generated $30,000 in revenue in just a couple of months for these businesses and um, it really allowed us to keep our names out there, to keep fan saves in people's mouths, in people's minds, in the media. Uh, so at that point, we could have easily sat back. You know, there were like two days at the beginning of the pandemic where we were like, what are we doing? Like, and, and I was reading, we were like, oh, let's take a course. But then that's not us. We can't just sit around. So we jumped into action. And from there, the gift certificate program prompted us to realize that people were were cool buying things through us. So we then created our flash deals feature, uh, which is a feature we have on Fansaves. Now it's a transactional deal that can be purchased through Fansaves that didn't exist before the pandemic. And the other thing that really happened through the pandemic was a lot of 
um, not just sports teams, but sports teams I'll, I'll focus on started recognizing that digital assets are here and they're here to stay and they need them. And when there's no fans in your stands, your rink boards don't matter as much. Your in-game announcements, that, that's nothing to a sponsor because you don't have people in the stands. So a lot of teams started recognizing that and coming to us and saying, okay, I get it now. I get it. Because before it's like, people couldn't put the two, they were like, oh, it's traditional inventory. We have that. And now it's really flicked a switch for people, especially for teams. And then on the chamber side as well, you know, we digitalize their member to member discount programs. And those, you know, those cards, those are becoming a thing of the past as well. So the pandemic could have ravaged us, but we didn't let it. We used it to build back better and uh, we're still here. Yeah, and so many places have found that it actually, um, you know, it accelerated some things that, you know, are, are of benefit. And, and like you said, it's, but there's a lot of places where um, I think of video interviewing, all of those things that were taking a long time to get companies comfortable, they suddenly had to be comfortable faster. So it's, it is interesting how that has happened. Um, you mentioned that your co-founder is also your kind of life partner. Um, you know, a lot of people listening would be, oh my gosh, okay, that you work with the person all day then you're home with the person all day all of those things um you know how does how does that work when when the two of you are are um having to to kind of build together and and that's something that a lot of people are probably looking at could they do it themselves yeah i think for us it's been a really positive thing for us we feel like we have this unfair advantage because we can literally talk about work on fancies all day every day when i want to talk to my partner he understands what I'm talking about. It's not like I had a long day at work and he's like, I don't know what you do. We are so in tune with each other. We're like best friends. And, you know, we were doing this before the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit and you'd see people commenting or friends and family, and they'd be like, oh my God, like my, you know, my spouse, it's so hard to work with them. I'm with them all day. And everyone was like complaining about it. And Chris and I were just like, we've had really good practice for this because we've been doing this for years before And we were kind of like, I guess we genuinely like each other (laughs) because we don't get sick of each other. I mean, there's times when we take time apart to go reflect or do our own things. But um, I think if you genuinely like someone and you, you create things together, like you create good ideas together. And, you know, for us, we're always creating no matter what we're doing. Um, some people like our friends are like, stop working. And we're like, we're not working. We're just, you know, creating, <laughs> we're just creating. Um, so I think if you have a partner that you really genuinely like and you create good things together, then you can make it work. We've made it work. So, yeah. uh, so well, one of the other things that, that you talked about is, um, is content creation is something I think that probably is, is a lot in your wheelhouse as well, be considering your background. How much has that, uh, because you, you do um, go out there and both of you are, are out there on, whether it's on podcasts, whether it's also creating your own content, things like that. How have you felt that that has contributed to the growth of your business? Like it, it, a lot of people look at that as, as a real kind of um, strategy now. Is it something that has really helped you? Oh, it's absolutely been the backbone of Fantasies because even in, you know, in 2018, we launched our MVP, the first, very first version of our app. Uh, really quickly, we realized it wasn't what we needed. It wasn't what we wanted. It, it wasn't sellable. So we had to rely on what we had and create content and create hype and pitch. We started pitching. Uh, we are pitching all the time. Um, and, you know, 
a lot of people would say like, oh, you don't pitch so much. You have to focus on your business and not realizing that like pitching and creating content and putting ourselves out there, building our network, getting on podcasts and talking to people about our brand was not only validating our idea, but it was it was making us memorable and, and creating relationships with people who now we still have and who are helping us at this stage in our company. So content creation is so valuable. Putting your brand out there is so underrated because I think a lot of people are nervous about it. I think a lot of people, especially if they don't have a background in it, Chris and I have a background in marketing, so we knew the value. But if some people are like nervous, they, they're scared. They don't want to put themselves out there. They don't want to do it too soon. But from like my experience, it's never too early to put your brand and yourself out there. You've started to really grow fan saves from that perspective. An entrepreneur kind of lifestyle can be, can be difficult. And especially as you grow like this, as you become kind of more out there, why did, why did you choose to go that route? I mean, you could have just as easily went into a more traditional role in, and been able to be successful and everything in, in those roles. Why is entrepreneurship something that you decided to do, especially now, now that things are, are starting to really take off for you? Um, yeah, it's, it's a really special story um, how, you know, I've kind of always had entrepreneurship in me. So my mother, um, she was an entrepreneur. And, you know, from a young age, I was in her office, filing papers, uh, you know, files alphabetically, photocopying things, just helping out in the office. And I, I saw how hard she worked, but I also saw the freedom that it afforded her to come to my hockey tournaments and never miss a game and, you know, always be there when I needed her. But, you know, I, I thought I got kind of caught up in going to university and, you know, that stage in my life where I was like, I, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I want to go the corporate route. Um, not realizing that if you're an entrepreneur, it's usually like again built into you and you're going to come back to it one day. <laughs> um, so, uh, so actually in 2015, I, I was, you know, I had worked at that point in Montreal and Calgary and Toronto. I was, you know, growing my marketing career and I was living in Toronto at that point. And my mom actually ended up, ended up passing away and it broke me, like completely broke me. I ended up moving back to my hometown, Cornwall, just outside of Ottawa. And it really like for a year, it took me a good year of grief um, to really like get back on my feet. But during that year, I thought, Hey, I'm now living in Cornwall. I'm not going to find a job in marketing that I love, like in the big cities. They, I'm not going to find this here and I'm not moving back to a big city. So I'm going to start my own business. So I started my own business and it was called Royce Marketing and Events. And I did what I knew how to do. And I created something and I kind of had my mom's voice in the back of my head the whole time. And I, you know, created this company from nothing. And it was that company where the, the, the federal hockey league team became one of my clients. Mm -hmm. So from that business is where I ended up meeting Chris. So, you know, had I not found that, like, I always say, like, had I not lost my mom, had I not moved home had I not started my first company, I would not have fan saves today. So uh, I think I said it at the beginning, like everything happens for a reason. And you know, entrepreneurship, I think is really in your blood, but even if it's not, you can always learn it. So are you a, are you a goal setter? Like do you, cause you were saying some of it just, it kind of happens and it happens kind of as, as things move along, but um, are, are you a write, write your goals down kind of person or, or how does that work for you? 
Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm an annoyingly um, <laughs> vision focused person. Um, I've always been a writer. Um, I the amount of like journals and stuff that I have would. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, but I, I I write things down. I still use like a notebook. Um, but I also visualize and manifest a lot of things. And I think that's you know it's so easy for people like especially entrepreneurs um to get caught up in the day to day and to to get down and to be like oh you know this isn't happening. Um, I read a lot as well. You can see my bookshelves. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm big on like you have to envision what you want like your thoughts become things and when you start visualizing and really and writing it down and you could you could say it's setting goals or you could just say it's you know putting your dreams out into the universe whatever you're doing it's actually like coming true and I we've seen this I I can vouch for it like even where I live right now when we were looking for this place I had written down a list of every single thing I wanted in the, in a, in a place. And we couldn't, we couldn't find it. We looked at like five other places, couldn't find it. It was getting frustrating. And I kept saying, I trust the universe. I trust the universe. It's going to work out. And literally we got everything. This place came, came on the market. We got it. It was every single thing. I pulled out that list and every single thing I wrote down was on it and even more. So like, I know there's, people that don't believe and they're like it's hokey and you know when I met Chris he was kind of like oh it's you know like that's silly but he is like such a believer now because he's always like holy cow it's working so um definitely I think any entrepreneur that's creating something from nothing kind of has to have that vision and those dreams and you know set those goals and writing things down just helps so what will what will fan saves be on your uh, on your list Yeah. I mean, I say it out loud every day, like fan saves is, and I I use words where like, it's already happening. So I use words where it's like the present because I create it. So I don't say like, oh, we're going to be a global company. I'm like, we are a global company. We are an international company. We are going to be a unicorn. We are a unicorn company. So, you know, it's, I think so many people are scared to fail that they don't set those big goals. They say, Oh, I'm going to set a small goal because I'll reach it. And then I'll, and then I'll set a bigger goal. But like, you can't have that fear because that fear is pushing the bigger things away. And you have to kind of trust that it, you don't know how it's going to happen. You can't always plan every step of the way. You know, some things are going to go wrong. Like when my mom passed away, that was the worst thing that ever could have happened. And now I can look back and say, it's heartbreaking. I hate that it happened, but I've used that to catapult me to where I am today. So you have to take those bad things that happen to you and twist them into a way that helps you. So going along with that, one one of the things that we do with everybody that we talk to on this is is um, try to make a couple of actionable things that if somebody's is going through something or wants to be able to um, apply it to their lives, you know, how can they do that? And one of the things that you're you're very aware of is that. Being an entrepreneur, especially in a, a startup or an early stage growth company, um, there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And, um, you know, it, it can feel tough, but it also can be amazing at different times. Um, for somebody that's, that's starting to struggle with that or starting to experience that, do you have a, a couple of tips that, um, you know, of, of how to deal with it and, and how to, to kind of manage that on their own? Yeah, the first thing. And I feel like it's like people probably read this everywhere. So, but I I have my own spin on it. So it's like, don't give up. And 
you know, you can read that everywhere. Like you can have like motivational posters, <laughs> don't give up, like, but you actually have to not give up because, you know, you like the, where you are today is, is not where you're going to be tomorrow. And if you give up, you're never going to know how big and how far you could have went. I use the, I'm sure if startup founders or business people have seen, it's like a meme and it's, there's two men, it's like a side by side and one, and they're both like digging towards diamonds. And one is like, you could see he's so close, but he's walking away and it's pickaxe. And he's like, he's so down because he didn't get to his diamonds. And the other guy has so much to go, but he's like giving it all he's got. And I think of that often because, you know, I would be crazy to say, and I'd be lying to say that, like, we don't have days when we're like, oh, this is hard. Should we give up? But it's like, no, you have to think I'm you know, I think that it's the, the term it's like four inches or four feet from, from diamonds. So um, just believe you have to keep really it's blind faith in a lot of, (laughs) in a lot of sense. So yeah, don't give up and keep the faith because you have to believe in yourself. No one else is going to believe in you. No one else is going to believe in you. Like you might have friends and family who are like cheerleaders and they're going to be like, yeah, like you got this. We have friends and family who still don't know what we do. Like they love it. They cheerlead. They're like, yeah, great job I don't get it (laughs) and it's like you're gonna get discouraged and it's like why doesn't anyone anyone understand like no one gets it like you're going to have people who are gonna get in your way and try to like make you fail and be those barriers but like you have to believe that you're gonna get through it you have to like again you have to have that that belief in yourself and you have to have your belief in your business because like I always think people, you know, Airbnb got like, everyone was like, no one's going to sleep on a stranger's couch. And Uber was like, no one's going to get in a stranger's car. And, you know, Facebook, like, well, it's just like people. So they're at the beginning of every great business, there have always been naysayers. There have always been people who have said that won't work. We're raising investment right now. We hear it every day, (laughs) but there's people that turn around on the other side and say, wow, this is genius. This doesn't exist yet. You, you created this. And we're like, yeah, we did. Yeah, and, well, and that's, I think that's the, the biggest lesson there is that, um, you know, not only are, are there a lot of people who won't get it, but there will be some people who just actively, you know, don't want to get it as well. So, um, so it's finding kind of uh, the right tribe to follow, I guess, as you go along that way as well. So, so if people are trying to find out more about you, and then more about your company, what are the best ways of doing that, Janet? Um, yeah, if you're looking to find out more about me, um, I am, you know, I do have a website. So shannonferguson.ca, um, you know, actively doing like public speaking and and things like that. Um, and then living the startup. Um, if you're a startup founder and or an entrepreneur and you, you want to chat, they can reach out to me um, as well. So, you know, my email is shannon at fansaves.com. Super simple. Uh, visit fansaves.com. Check out the deals. Check out the teams in your area. And, you know, follow us on social. There's tons of uh, content there. We love content creation, as mentioned. Um, So, yeah, we are, we will, like, we love when people reach out to us. Um, I love when people reach out to me. So LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, 
whatever works. Cool. All right. And we'll, we will put all those links on the show notes as well so that people can uh, make those connections. Um, definitely do that. Thanks for taking the time to uh, come on today. We, we really appreciate it. If you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast, do that now. Um, we have uh, great guests like Shannon every week. So, uh, so make sure that you do that. Um, and again, you know, thanks for taking the time. You shared some really cool stuff today, Shannon. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jamie, so much. All right. And we will talk again to everybody soon on Big Idea, Big Moves.